Well, the portion of scripture that I'd like to share with you tonight is one that uh, I've been looking at for quite a while now, and uh, it's really challenged me uh, as a Christian. And uh, it's Joshua 24, uh, 2 through 13. And as you turn in there, I'd like to tell you a story uh, about growing up. Uh, When I was younger, uh, I lived in a rural area outside of Ruston, and I had some, uh, you know, I have a lot of brothers and sisters in my, or I have a lot of brothers and a sister in, in my family. Uh, when, when they were really little, they were over with some friends at a, uh, at a neighbor's house. He had a pasture and some cows and uh, had a little, little barn. Not a real big barn, but just a, a small barn, kind of almost like a tool shed. And in this barn, there was a loft. And so all the kids uh, took turns climbing up and jumping off of the loft. Uh, you know, they, 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 they were very courageous. Uh, my brother, Andrew, he was really little and he, he climbed up, got in the loft. And when he looked down, uh, he said, no way, I'm not, I'm not going to jump. But my sister was there. And so she, uh, she encouraged him. She said, Andrew, if you jump, I will catch you. Those are dangerous words, aren't they? So that's all Andrew needed. He had enough courage. He jumped with everything he had. And my sister saw him, and I guess she really didn't believe he would jump. And so she moved right out of the way, and Andrew hit the ground. And poor, poor Andrew, he, uh, he, uh, he learned a good lesson that day. You know, you can't trust everything people say, right? Isn't that the truth? Maybe, maybe you've uh, experienced that, someone uh, breaking a promise uh, to you, and it, it kind of makes us cautious people. Uh, and that's good in some cases. Uh, it keeps you from jumping out of barns. Uh, but how many of you know, uh, in other cases, it might hold you back from a direction God wants you to go? Uh, the truth is, is that we can't trust everything people say, but in life, we have to trust people. You know, if you, if you go out to a restaurant, you're trusting they're going to prepare that food for you so you won't get sick. Uh, if you drop your kids off at childcare, you're trusting uh, that person to care for your kids. Uh, if you put your money in the bank, you're trusting that it's going to be there when you stop back by to uh, make a withdrawal from the ATM, you know. So, uh, so the truth about life is that we do have to trust. We do have to trust people. Well, what about God? Can we trust Him? Uh, you know, the easy answer for a Christian is to say yes, but, but isn't it hard to trust God sometimes? I, I find probably that, that might be the hardest thing in my life is just trusting God. Um, may, the verse that probably followed me most of my life is that trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He will make you pass straight. <clears throat> so God calls us to trust him. God calls us to trust him. How can we reasonably come to a conclusion that we can trust God? Well, how do you reasonably come to a conclusion that you can trust people? By the reputation? By what they've done in the past? Uh, I'm in banking, and if we hire someone, we're going to run them through a background check, right? Going to check, look at their finances, how they've dealt with their finances in the past, how they've uh, dealt with other employers, we usually get a couple of references and uh, people who are close to them and, and find out, is this person faithful? Does this person have integrity? And then we can reasonably say, we can trust them 
with something going forward. <clears throat> the passage tonight, Joshua 24, 2, thir- uh, 2 through 13, is very interesting. Uh, many scholars, they, they look at this, and there's a lot of similarities uh, between this and what's called an, an, um, a Hittite land treaty. And, and what this was, was there was a uh, there would be a ruler that would have uh, control over a large portion of uh, property, and he would make a deal. He would make a he would make a covenant or an agreement with someone to possess a certain portion of his land. And uh, it there's a lot like contracts today. It had sections, and and in the front part of this land treaty was a section that was called a historical prologue. And what this was was a section of the treaty that basically uh, gave a history of whether or not the two parties had operated faithfully and, and gone through with what they said they were going to do. And this portion of Scripture that we're looking at tonight is a portion uh, that parallels with that treaty back in the day. What's going on here is Joshua... Um, the, well, let me, I'm sorry. The first part of the, first part of the book of Joshua, uh, Moses, he's passing away. Joshua steps up uh, to be the leader uh, of, of Israel, and, he, and God moves him into the promised land. He gives him military success in the promised land. The land is separated up between the tribes, and it's coming to the end of Joshua's life. And that's where we see uh, this chapter uh, pick up. And what Joshua wanted to do is, is he gathered everyone together at a place called Shechem. And later on in the sermon, I, I want to come back to that because that's a very, there's a very great significance with this place called Shechem. And he gathers everybody together. He gathers the nation together. And he, he, he tells them about the faithfulness of God. And then he calls them to be faithful to God. And that's the context of this right here. I want to start in uh, Joshua 24, 2. It says this, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates river and worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac and to Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau and I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. In this section of the scripture, we see that God was faithful to the patriarchs. He was faithful to the patriarchs. Abraham was in his homeland worshiping other gods, and God called him out, called him out of that land. And so Abraham, which is a, a great picture of a man of faith, steps out and follows God. He hears God's call and he steps out and he follows God. God makes a promise to Abraham. He says, I'm going to give you descendants. And God came through on that promise. That's where we see, I gave him Isaac. And to Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. God's fulfilling his promise to Abraham. You know, how how does that apply to us today? You know, if you look at the New Testament, Jesus calls us too. He talked to a guy named Peter and he said, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He, he talked to Matthew, come follow me. And there's a scripture, I believe it's in Mark, uh, that says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. 
So God's in the business of calling us today the same way that he called Abraham. The question is, will we trust him? Will we trust him? You know, if you're not a follower of Christ, I want to tell you tonight, you can trust him. Put your trust in Christ. If you are following Christ and you're wondering, man, I have no idea where I'm going here, what's going on. Abraham didn't even know where he was going. It says in, uh, in Hebrews eleven eight, it says Abraham followed God and he didn't know exactly where he was going. I mean, this is a man of great faith. But what we see here is if you're following Jesus, you can trust God to guide your life. You can trust God to guide your life. If he was faithful to Abraham and the patriarchs, he will be faithful to us today. Amen. In the next uh, paragraph, we see God's not only faithful to the patriarchs, but he's faithful to Moses and his generation. Uh, Jacob and his family had to move down into Egypt because of a drought uh, in the land. Uh, God providentially had uh, Joseph there in a high position to sustain them. They grew as a nation. They grew as a people. And they grew so big that it threatened the Egyptians. And so they turned them into slaves. And they found themselves in great bondage. Have you ever found yourself in great trouble? Have you ever found yourself in great bondage? A, a, a place where nothing you could do could save you. That's where they were. They needed a savior. And they called out to God. And let me tell you, according to the scripture, God was faithful to them. He delivered them out of their, their, out of their bondage. In verse 5, it says this, Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, <clears throat> and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness a long time. We see a people who were in great need. And they called on God. And he was there for them. He delivered them out. When I think about today, how this applies today, I think, what, what's the great bondage of today? You know, if you look at Romans 6, Paul says it's sin. That people are enslaved to sin. And they need somebody to save them. They need, somebody, they need a way out. And that's why Jesus came. He died. According to the, he died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he was raised so we might have new life. And if we put our faith in Christ, he leads us out. You know, these guys were, they had their, they had the Egyptians in one place. And they had the Red Sea behind them. And they were kind of between a rock and a hard place, and God delivered them. And, the, and I think the message for us is, is this, is that if we're following Jesus, God will be there to help us with our troubles. You know, probably one of the greatest troubles in my life, uh, pretty, not too long ago, is, is my dad. He kind of got towards the end of his life, and I was there with him. And, uh, and I know there's one point in time when I was, I was kind of holding him because he, he, he wasn't able to stand up. And I remember, I'm just kind of being open and honest here. I remember in my heart, I was, I was like, God, this is more than I can bear. I can't, this is more than I can bear as a person. Like having this, this is too much trouble, too much of a trouble. And, you know, my brother, 
Uh, he has a construction shirt that has Philippians 4.13 on it. And my dad had it on his shirt uh, there. And I looked down and I saw that. And I remembered, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, sometimes God, he, he, he will resolve the trouble. Sometimes he gives you the strength that you need to get through it. Until that one day, you know, when the troubles are resolved altogether. When he wipes every tear out of our eye. And so I want to encourage you tonight, whichever place you're at, trust God with your trouble. <clears throat> Towards the end of, end of this section, we see in Joshua 24, 11, We see God giving Israel the promised land. He was faithful to give them that land that, they, that he promised them. In verse 11, it says this, Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as uh, did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. But I gave them into your hand. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword or bow. God was at work giving them military success in the land. If we look through this whole section, we see God faithfully at work in his people's lives. I took, I gave, I sent, I afflicted, I brought, I gave, I sent, I drove them out. God at work for the people of Israel. You know, what does that mean for us today? And I think there's a great theological truth right here, right here in this section. It's this about God. Our God is a promise-keeping God. He is a promise-keeping God. If God says something he's going to do, he's going to make sure that he fulfills it. It doesn't matter. As we see multiple generations here, it doesn't matter if it takes multiple generations. God is still faithful throughout the generations. I think it's somewhere in Deuteronomy, it, it, it talks about God. Uh, he makes his covenant. He's, he, he is faithful to, to fulfill it a thousand generations. To God, it's very important that he keeps his word. If we look back in Genesis, I said we'd talk a little bit about Shechem. And it doesn't really talk about the significance of it in this passage. But if you do a cross-reference back to Genesis 12, you see something very interesting. God called Abraham out from worshiping other gods. And Abraham was on the way following God. And he came to this place called Shechem. And God met with him there. This is what the Lord promised him. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. If we go to verse 13, we see... So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities which you did not build and you live in them and eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. God promised and he gave. 
He is a faithful God. He is a promise-keeping God. You know, there was another promise that God made to Abraham. It says this, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And God had a plan. He was going to call Abraham. And Abraham would have some descendants. And the descendants would have a land. They would become a nation. They would have a king, King David. And through that king, there would be a king that would come whose kingdom will never end, is Jesus Christ. And that's where we see the promise that affects us today, is that God promised the whole world would be blessed through Abraham. And we see John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He gave. Our promised land is a relationship with Christ, Our promised land is forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And that is the message that is in this passage right here, that God is a promise-keeping God. He was faithful to them. He will be faithful to us today who follow Christ. Amen. What does that mean? How, How should we respond to that? How should we respond to that truth about God's faithfulness This is what Joshua said. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. I was speaking at a church uh, last weekend. Uh, It was Mother's Day. I signed up for Mother's Day. I didn't know I signed up for Mother's Day. It was a lot of pressure. (laughs) But there was a gentleman, uh, when I went in to pray before the service, I I saw a gentleman sitting, an older gentleman. I went up and just started talking with him. And he said that he, he had preached there uh, several, for several years, uh, but, but now he, he's not preaching. Uh, and I got to talk with him more. And he said, I preached for 50 years. And I was, man, I've got to ask this guy this question. And I said, I said, what is the greatest thing you've learned over all those years of serving the Lord? And this is what he said. He said, He said, be faithful to God. Be faithful to God. That's my encouragement for you tonight. Um, Maybe you're here and and you're not a Christian. And and you look at the gospel and you know know what the message is, that Christ died for your sins. Uh, You know, that he was raised, that you might have new life. Trust him. Put your life in his hands. Trust him by accepting that message by faith and move forward following Jesus. If you're here and you're a follower of Christ, maybe, maybe you're weary. It's a, it, it is a tough road. You, you, you're in, investing your life uh, in the things of God. I want you to be encouraged tonight that you're on the right track, that God will be faithful to you because in the past it shows that he has been faithful to his people. God bless you. Thank you, uh, Trey, for sharing with us tonight. And I want to give you the opportunities we do at the end of every uh, service to respond about what God may be saying to you, how God may want to take you, how he may want to use you, how you need to respond to him. 
So at this time, as we stand and we sing, you know, certainly, anytime there's an invitation, Wednesday night, Sunday, don't ever tune out. Always let that be a time of reflection where you go, okay, it's no accident I'm here. There was a word spoken tonight. There was a word spoken on Sunday. God, what are you trying to say to me? Because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He wants to use you to impact and influence others. So just ask yourself, okay, God, what are you trying to speak to me? Is there something you're wanting me to adjust, to add, to let go? Is there a challenge you're wanting me to take on? Is there a ministry role? Is there somebody I'm supposed to speak to? Are you getting me ready for something down the road with somebody? But be open. And if you need to respond and come pray at the altar for yourself or somebody else, man, the altar is always open. You know, our prayer, I'm just going to be straight with you as a ministry staff. We wish on Sundays more people would just come to the altar and pray. Pray for people that, uh, that are on your heart, that maybe you write on the cards. Pray for lost people. Pray for God to move. Because sometimes seeing people move... Give somebody else out there that maybe is a little apprehensive about coming forward, gives them to come forward. But we always want the altar to be a place where people can come and pray and talk with God. But maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We never want to assume that. And what a great thing, what a privilege, what a joy, what peace to know that you have a relationship with God that nothing can separate you from. You are special to him. So come and talk to us about that. Don't ever let pride or anything get in the way. Uh, It took me the third time to get it straight. And uh, so whatever it takes, you come, you receive the gift of Jesus Christ. If you want to talk about becoming a part of our church family, you do that. But certainly the message that Trey laid uh, on us tonight, just ask God just to take that, pray on that, reflect on that. And whether where you are, whether you come forward, uh, just ask.